Welcome to the Locking Castle podcast. This Sunday morning's teaching was given as part of the wonderful series. Fantastic. So here we go. One more week to go. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Excited. Excited, yes. Good. All these last-minute preparations, it's now that you suddenly realise all these people you've invited to Christmas and you've only got three chairs in the house. <laughs> Things like that. Kiddies' presents, have you got for that list, long list that children provide you? Probably around about 326 items. Well, I'll give you a clue as to... Uh, Absolutely, yes. So that list is long, isn't it? So I'll, I'll give you a, a heads up about how to shorten that list. When these kids write down what they want, get them to put the price to the right of the item so you can go down, no, no way, no way. <laughs> You're having a laugh. 3 99 that'll do. Right. So it's so all these things going on and uh, getting family together, work functions, getting into the spirit of it all and... Uh, overindulgence, shall we say, but it's exciting, it really is, and for a few that um, we've got uh, babies which are being born, it's their first Christmas, they're exciting, just to give you guys a heads up, that as Ezra's growing up, every year somebody's going to say, is he excited about Christmas? Every time, is he excited about Christmas? I get that with Arthur, is he excited? Yes, he is excited, of course he is. He hasn't got to buy the presents. He hasn't got to do the cooking. He hasn't got to do the washing up. So yes, of course he's going to enjoy it. But it's a wonderful time. So, oh, and also, have anybody been to the, um, to the seen all the kids at school doing a nativity? Anybody been to a nativity this year? Wonderful. Now, I, I'll quickly tell you this story. Now, this is the truth. This is what happened last week. I was at work and this is a new job I'm in, and I was trying to learn a new module, and behind me, there's this gentleman in about his early 30s, talking to two ladies, also about the same age, talking about going to an activity that his son was in. And he's saying how marvelous it is, they're all dressed up, getting all enthusiastic. And then I heard him say, oh wow, he said, there's one boy, and he was dressed up as old, um, what's his name, Julius Caesar. Oh no, hang on, no, uh, what's his name? Pontius Pilate, that's him, like that, and I, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, you got Jesus back to front, totally. And I'm so tempted to say, um, it's Herod. But I thought he was going to turn and say, oh, nice to meet you, Herod. You don't know the name of this guy I'm trying to think about, are you? But uh, it does make you wonder what's happening, doesn't it? <laughs> dear, dear, okay. Okay, so this is the third time in the opening chapters of Luke that we encounter the angel of the Lord. But by this time, we know that the words are spoken by angels, are the messenger of God. Here we hear the first people to receive the announcement of Jesus' birth, a group of shepherds tending to their flocks of sheep at night in the fields not too far away from Bethlehem. As with previous uh, visits from angels, the shepherds were afraid in the presence of the one sent from God, the shepherd surrounded by the Lord's glory. Now notice the reading mentions the glory of the Lord. It is an Old Testament phrase 
It refers to God's presence and the strength, and it is often, often associated with light and shining. Now, you can understand how terrified they were. What is this? Are we dreaming? Why us? What do you want? Can you imagine if the angel had appeared before a group of young shepherds in today's world? Well, I'm sure they'd be so surprised they'd probably drop their mobile phones, wouldn't they? But, now just picture this. A modern-day group of shepherds, it could have been something like this. Oh, I, how's it going? What, yeah, there was the... what is it? What is it, lads? What is it? Oh, wow. An angel. Hang on a sec. I've got to get a selfie of this. <laughs> get in, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. Right. Ready? Ready? Do you want to pout? No. Okay. You don't pout. Okay. Magic, right? Send. Guess who we met today? Send. Right. Sorry, what are you saying? But bing. Oh, sorry. I got a like, a like. Surely it's worth a wow at least, isn't it? Oh, rubbish. Never mind. Okay. You want a Messiah? A, a baby boy been born? Wow. Oh, wow, look, look, there's loads of them now. Look, they're all singing along and... They're, oh, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> Didn't get a chance to get a photo of that one. Never mind. <laughs> We will do that. We will go there, definitely. Buzz, is your electric scooter working again now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. We're going to Bethlehem. It's like Panto, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Okay, right. It's enough of that. <laughs> so, in these past weeks, we've been hearing about the incredible titus given to the newly born Messiah, wonderful counselor, mighty God. And today we talk about the title given to the everlasting father. And we've lit the green, well it was lit, the green candle, or as Crown Paints would call it, Misty Jade or Apple. And, uh, but in this passage, in Isaiah 9 to 6, the Messiah is described both as a son, unto us a son is given, and a father, his name will be Everlasting Father. What is the meaning of this title? The symbolic use of the Hebrew word father was an expression for possessor of, meaning that he became a child in time, through his birth, but he is the father and possessor of eternity. This reveals the aspects of his characters. He is described as eternally consistent and unchanging. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. John the Baptist recognized the eternality of Jesus when he said, this is he whom I said. After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. The eternality of Jesus 
the Messiah has come under continuous attack for centuries. But all who reject the eternity of Christ also reject his deity. The two are inseparable. If Jesus is not eternal, he is not God and vice versa. Isaiah said that when the Messiah came, he would be the physical embodiment of the everlasting Father. Being the eternal Father, he took up upon himself the limitations of the human body so that we could bring us, so he could bring us into everlasting relationship with him. The world is stained with unfairness and suffering. But those who believe in God's Messiah are in the hands of the eternal Father and Provider. In Hebrews it is written, Let your conduct be without covetedness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There are numerous quotes in the Bible where he gives us promises which no earthly father could promise. He provides the strength of everlasting arms. He performs his work of everlasting power. He gives us life that is eternal. He graciously provides for those who realize that eternal values are what really count. When you think about it, the shepherds were chosen to receive that important message from an angel. Yet God did not choose a group of strong, fearless warriors or men of great intellectual education. Just simple, loyal, hard-working shepherds who dedicated their lives to looking after their flock of sheep. So if God wanted these shepherds to visit the newly born baby and ask them to spread the good news, why do we think today, why do we think we are not worthy to be chosen to live as disciples, to worship him, and also spread his good news. Jesus is our God of Father who provides our needs in ways that are more than we can ask or imagine. He gives us hope and promises to be with us no matter where we find ourselves. In him we find love, acceptance, and meaning. From a book I read some years ago, it's called Love With Skin On. The New Testament Greek word describing love with skin on is parakaleus, sorry, parakalesis, from two Greek words, para, to be with, and alongside, and kaleo, which means to call or to come. It literally means to come alongside in time of need. It is found in various forms over 140 times throughout the New Testament. Paraclesis, pardon my expression, I'm not good at Greek, uh, can also be defined as just show up and be there for someone who's struggling. Paraclesis is two-dimensional. Vertically, he comes alongside us like any good father. Then horizontally, he brings us alongside someone else so that we can be there for, and that person just as he is there for us. As he reaches out to us, we can in turn reach out 
and present his presence to someone else's life. Love with skin on. Now this time of year can be stressful and for some this Christmas may be difficult due to losing someone close this year. Someone who is in bad health. Some who are having relationship issues or problems at work. Now and onwards, whatever we are feeling, we can ask Jesus to be in our life and come alongside us and the people we know who really need him now. His presence is already here. You just need to invite him in. Take time to ponder about Jesus who rescued us from sin. The everlasting Father who has given his life so that we may have eternal life and peace with God. So as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, remember this. Mary delivered a baby, and that baby then went on to deliver us. Shall we pray? Jesus, we thank you that you are everlasting Father. You are without end. In you we find a Father whose love rescues and restores us. Through some earthly fathers may have disappointed and hurt, you are a Father who is always good, always loving, always faithful, and always present. Amen. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.